Although edited for television, tonight's thriller contains scenes of suspense and violence which may be unsuitable for young viewers. Parental discretion is advised. State-of-the-art Japanese animation. Everybody and welcome back to the Otaku Host Club podcast. I am Amelia, and I am joined here today in Jeff's apartment with Jeff and Dan. Jeff, introduce yourself. Hi, this is Jeff in my apartment, <laughs> and I have a beer in my hand, and I'm feeling quite nostalgic for summer. Oh, it is the dead of summer. It's Dan, and I'm here IRL. Oh shit, he's in the house. Yeah. I mean apartment. But a house, but an apartment. Yeah. Um, post, post Fresh Quebec. off Canadian tour with Agravio and Dusterito. It was a great time. Now I'm I'm here. I'm digging digging back into Baltimore for a half second. The dog, my my doggy BFF, I was gonna pet sit, passed away while I was in Canada. Mm-hmm. Very sad. Um so I'm cutting my trip shorter than I was thinking. So by this time tomorrow I'll already be back in Minneapolis. That'll be like two weeks for you guys listening. <laughs> By the time you hear this, I will already be back in Minneapolis. <laughs> or back in Baltimore. Yeah, or, or, or some, somewhere else. But I, yeah, I reserve the right to actually be somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking from the future. Yeah, I guess we're kind of pre-recording this episode a little bit. Since Dan is back, we like to take yeah. any opportunity to record in person when mm-hmm. we can. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you if you listen to us, we usually are two weeks behind because we record. I edit the posts the following week, and then I re-release the episode. Mm-hmm. Whereas before, we used to record. I would edit it ASAP. Yeah, like what in like hours? <laughs> yeah, the hour before the release date. <laughs> so. And then we were like, "No, we are busy people, and we need way more time than that." Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I finished, you know, now I'm a manga guy. Okay, you're a manga guy. I'm reading the manga on my phone. I finished reading The Promised Neverland. Shit. Did you finish that too? Yeah. Did you read it? No. No. It was a good. It was good. It was great. It was great. It was a great ending. I feel like that too. I know um, the common consensus among manga fans is that the ending for the manga was also rushed, but Mm. I don't feel that at all. Mm. I feel like it was perfectly written complete story yeah no i agree uh, no no Period. dangling Period. loose ends there were things about like i guess rushed wouldn't be the word that i would use for it it didn't feel rushed i thought there were parts of it that were too convenient mm. but i didn't think it was a tempo issue well i'm thinking specifically of grand duke L- luvius spoilies Oh, well, whatever. Who hasn't read this shit by now? It's been out for a while. Even I've read it. Even, yeah, I've even read I don't it. who don't read manga. I'm going to go read it now. Yeah. <laughs> well, when when the big L comes back, 
uh, a thought that was too random, but mm. it was justifiable in the interior logic of the story. So mm-hmm. I mean, overall, yeah, I'd give this give this a ten out of ten. It was it was great. It had me going. What was, was your was favorite arc? Um, With no spoilers. Yeah, my favorite arc, I suppose, would be Goldie Pond, mm-hmm. and when they're getting getting through the hunting ground and fighting back. Mm-hmm. That really had me going. Mm-hmm. I mm. was uh, I was very interested as I would show up to the gym twenty minutes early by mistake and just sit there reading my comic. Mm-hmm. Not really by mistake. It's more like when you unhinge your life from time. You know, people always anticipate that that means you show up late to everything. But if time doesn't mean very much to you, you have just an you have as equal a chance of showing up really early to stuff as well which I do all the time. Like I show up to the gym 15 to 20 minutes early, like regularly because I'm just going about my life and I go to the gym. I'm like, yeah, I'll just go to the gym and sit and read my comic until everybody else comes. Mm-hmm. What are you using the, uh, Viz app to read? Viz and Shonen Jump. Yeah. Shonen I'm, Jump waiting, read, I'm uh... waiting for Viz app to, uh, put the rest of how do we relationship up on that app it was really annoying to me that there was like 10 15 chapters they're not only missing from the app they're missing from the internet and so i don't want to progress forward without seeing this chunk of the story mm-hmm. so it's, it's really annoying to me but i i think i understand that they will be released onto the app in january that's what the internet has led me to believe all so. at once yeah. For any particular reason? Because the paperback, the hard copy is going to be released in January, so they'll put it all on the app. Like the, the, oh, the, so you're like actually caught up. I'm caught up. Well, so there's like 100 chapters right now, and they're missing chapters like... There's like 130 chapters right now, and they're missing chapters like 84 to 94 on the app. But you can read 95? Yeah. What? Yeah. So, yeah, exactly. Hello? Exactly. What are you doing? Yeah, exactly. But I've, I, I, the internet has led me to believe that the hard copy version will drop in January. And at that time, they will most likely put the chapters onto the app. Mm. So, I guess I'm checked out until January, but that's kind of annoying to me yeah hmm. catching up that's what happens with anime too. anyway get in the discord and tell me what i should read next on the shonen jump app because i'm looking for my my next thing to read hell yeah i just finished the ghost in the shell omnibus oh, oh interesting three. yeah finally uh got through it and uh <laughs> the last section of it really strange bad really yeah, like we talked about uh, Techno Babble and Evangelion rebuild movies. Mm-hmm. The the third the third part of it is just all that. This it's uh, Makoto like <laughs> flying through cyberspace and saying a bunch of random stuff, and I'm just like, <laughs> mm, cool. You know? And we have learned since the Great Passage <laughs> yeah. episode that you need to look those up. <laughs> yeah, very esoteric. Up. <laughs> I just sort of just kept going through it. I was like, all right, whatever. I'll just take it. Great assault. I like. I think I like the second part the most, mm. which is like '90s, mid '90s, early early '90s. But yeah. It's closest to uh, in a, um, 
uh, what's the uh, TV series? Um, Ghost in the Shell. Yeah. <laughs> Second standalone complex. <laughs> yeah. Those masterpiece television Sack. shows. Yeah. It's the best part of the Ghost in the Shell franchise by a bajillion miles are those two TV shows. Mm. <laughs> uh, you, you turned us on to uh, Amelia to Innocent. Oh, yeah. That was actually, um, Sam recommended Sorry. that. We did a, I did an episode on Anime Summit, an EX episode, which is their like extra episodes that are just like fun, whatever episodes um, on Anime Summit. So if you want to check that out, it mm. was me, Sam, Danny, and Courtney from the Strictly series. We all oh, sat around, fun. had some girl talk. And at the end of the episode, we recommended a bunch of manga to read. And I recommended. <laughs> To love room <laughs> mm. because <laughs> there's one of the manga that I've read that I love. Um, but Sam uh, recommended innocent. Mm. Um, and I thought while she was describing it, I was like, Oh, that definitely sounds like something Christella would like. <laughs> so I, yeah. while we were on the episode, I was like, I'm in the discard right now. We're recommending this to Christella. <laughs> and the art looks insane. Yeah. Yeah, like, I'm tempted to get the omnibus, like buy the omnibus. Just, so detailed. Yeah, is it is it is it uh what what genre would you just say it was? Is it uh, oh, I don't no idea. Drunk, yeah, sex. Some, <laughs> some. <laughs> what genre is it? Is it Yuri? It might be Yuri. We were talking uh, about we were okay. talking about Yuri stuff. Yeah, that's what I was getting at. Maybe I was like, is it Yuri or is oh. it BL? It could be Yuri. I think it could be. Mm, mm. I think Courtney recommended a BL one. Mm. Cool. So yeah, check that on an anime summit. That's what I've been up to. And Ludrip had a special project this weekend. I got everything on shelving downstairs. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. That makes a big difference. Yeah. (laughs) And what else have I been doing? I haven't been watching too much anime besides the movie that we're going to talk about later, but um, I did watch a, I think she streamed for three hours, a three hour, the three hour chunk of stream where Iron Mouse was uh, playing through the new Genshin Impact. Um, Fion, Fedora, Fiora, Fiora Mm. area. There's a new area in Genshin Impact. Mm -hmm. There's just an update. And I can't get there yet because I am still stuck in trying to get to Inazuma because all my quests are fucked up because I never did any quests ever. I just like ran through them. <laughs> like I did just like gathered items and like right, did wishes running. and yeah. stuff, but I never actually like did any story questing. So now I'm having like a really hard time like catching up to the story quests because it'll be like, you can't do this quest because the character is completing another quest. So I have to like look at all the quests and figure out which character is doing that quest and like free up the character from the quest that they are on so that I can do the quest that I'm trying to do. And it's a big mess. So Mm. I couldn't get to the level or like the world map Mm -hmm. area that she can. And so I really wanted to see what that was. So I watched like three hours of that (laughs) instead of anime this week. Sure. (laughs) Watching Iron Mouse. Sure. Yeah, I mentioned we mentioned Akadama Drive, right? Last episode, yeah. Yeah. I finally got through that. Yeah, it turned turned out for uh, turned out better than I thought. It's okay. Yeah, it's I good, not yeah. great. I didn't love the middle of it, but yeah. the ending sort of took a bunch of sci-fi tropes and smashed them together. And we got a sort of an ending. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's kind of 
what I've been experiencing lately with seasonal anime, like the beginning is good and it'll catch me, but then like in the middle, I'm like, what are we doing here? Like, why am I watching this? And then by the end, I'm like, okay, like that was a story, cool. Yeah. Yeah, it was just like the big heist part of it was the draw, right? Mm-hmm. But then there were so many characters that I couldn't, I couldn't, I didn't care enough about each character. Yeah. Except for the, uh, you know, the kids maybe. Mm. Um, I don't know. The reason why that one was so hyped is because the character designer is the same character designer as Danganronpa. Okay. Video games. So people were That's like, why I liked it. we need to watch this. Yeah, they were like, what's this guy going to do next? We got to watch the anime if he can do a good game. Mm-hmm. I've been catching back up on One Piece. I'm rewatching Whole Cake Island arc to get ready for Wayno arc mm. and get to Gear 5. Yeah, I've already it's been taking over by that. the internet. <laughs> yeah, that's the return of Joy Boy. The drums of liberation sound again for the first time in a thousand years. Whenever you guys talk about One Piece, I also think it is techno babble. Because <laughs> I've not seen it, and I'm like, okay. Well, yeah, look, I got yeah. Sure. yeah, yeah. I just want... patiently listen. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain to you the real power of One Piece. That 20 years ago, a thousand episodes ago. They introduced the historical character of Joy Boy. And over the last 20 years, this character has been continually referenced and foreshadowed and talked about at various junctures. And this August, we finally see Joy Boy on screen. A thousand episodes later. <laughs> wait, so Joy y'all Boy been... is on the screen. Wait, wait. So he was in episode one? No, he was in episode like... He gets introduced in episode 70 something. And you see him or you don't see no, him? No, you don't see him. Oh, he's just like an enigma they, at yeah, that point. They, they reference the historical guy. They're like, oh, bad, you know, a thousand years ago, Joy Boy did this and that. And uh-huh. They, they talk about Joy Boy over the following 20 years. They... He comes back up in conversation. And you're like, who the fuck is this man? Yeah. Now we know who this man is. Luffy becomes Joy Boy incarnate. So does he look cool? Oh, he looks so cool. And it's, it's I was going to say, after 20 years, I better yeah, look sick the as fuck. The, the, I've, so I haven't watched the episodes, but I've seen plenty of clips from the episodes. This is clearly the best animation that One Piece as a franchise has ever done. It looks yeah. fucking amazing. I thought it was from a movie. Yeah. yeah it's it it really fantastic. And you I can feel, didn't know what I was watching, but it's okay. Yeah. You can, <laughs> you can feel the dedication and the hype around Luffy becoming Joy Boy and fighting Kaido. And I, I love everything about it based on the clips. I, I love how cartoonish and fun and, and it's like really clearly a reference to Looney Tunes in all the right mm. ways. And it's, yeah, it's such a, like it, it, it speaks to something I really value about One Piece, which is its underlying positivity. It's, it has a different emotional tone than a lot of its peer shows. And when you think about the stuff where, like, Naruto, um, who's, what's a big, big climatic fight where Naruto is fighting somebody? Oh, I thought you were going to ask about another like anime. Naruto, like, Naruto versus pain. You know, Naruto versus pain yeah. is pretty serious type stuff. You know, and Ichigo versus Aluki Laura whatever that guy's name is. Mm. Lukidora? Lukiora? Don't look at me. I haven't seen one piece. The Luchador. No, I'm talking about Bleach. Oh, Bleach. I haven't seen Bleach either. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, in, in Bleach, you know, Bleach mm. is the most 
you know somber and heavy handed of all these. Uh, but when Luffy attains Gear Five, awakens his Devil Fruit, and he fights Kaido, it gets even more fun. It gets even more slapstick. It gets even more goofy. It's like just always One Piece is striving to be the most high energy and fun and charming. It never gets uh, stuck. I mean, it has plenty of heavy emotional moments, but it never gets stuck in them in the way that Naruto and Bleach do. Uh, And that's just one of the things I love about One Piece. It's on full display with Gear 5. I'm not going to watch seasonals next next season. I'm only going to watch One, One Piece. Piece. Yeah, we got, I got oh, 200 shit. I got 200 <laughs> episodes I got to watch of this shit real quick. Do y'all watch watch it One Piece or no? You know, I know Dan. Yeah, I would I, assume. I don't. I think I should, but I don't. Mm. Yeah. Interesting. Hmm. Do you, Jeff? That's probably how I'll watch it. Yeah. Yeah, if I watched because I've, I've tried multiple it. times to get to rewatch, like to get back into Wano. Mm-hmm. I'll watch an episode or two, and I'm just like <laughs> so bored. I I don't know. I'm not bored. Just um, like get to the point already, babe. Yeah, I just want I want plot. I just want to mm-hmm. like I I don't want the feeling. I want just uh, I want to just get to it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. but I mean. Yeah, I mean, you compare like the beginning of One Piece, the first couple seasons of One Piece. That's really what it was. It was mainly plot. It was, and then I noticed it started to yeah. slow down a little bit. Yeah, as you go, as they try to catch up or yeah to the manga. Um, but that's to say, I watched all of it regardless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I if I can get through nine hundred episodes, I can get through uh, two hundred episodes. <laughs> Should be able to. Yeah, you know when we when we think about being over ten thousand. So on my on my my anime list, I'm over ten thousand episodes Mm. of anime under my belt. It means ten percent of the anime I've watched has been One Piece. (laughs) Why not? You looking up your? Are you looking up your? Yeah, what is it? Is the ice cream man here? Oh hell yeah! Yo, I had some soft serve yesterday. Oh, me too. And I fucking shit my pants all night. <laughs> I pooped my pants. Oh, hell yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yo, speaking Was of shitting, no. So speaking of shitting your pants, I went to Wildwood, New over, Jersey. Yeah, while well, I've been here, yeah, Eric and I went to Wildwood on. That's Wednesday. like my childhood. Yeah, that vacation shit was, spot. That was lit. Yeah, it was awesome. It, yeah. it seriously lived up to the hype. Uh, Did you see any Guidos? No. Oh. Not as well. I mean, yeah, but not as many as we have on other trips. But what we did see that really was interesting was there were three different anime shops at the Wildwood Boardwalk. Now. I could I could definitely see that. I went to Five Below today, and they have an entire anime aisle. Hmm. That's how you know it's arrived. Yep. Yeah. Well, here you can get a Naruto gaming mouse pad that takes up your whole desk. You can get Hunter oh, Hunter cool. gaming headphones. That's cool. I got. What did I get? This I got this Hunter Hunter shirt. shirt. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and some Sanrio stuff. They have like a big Sanrio section now too. Mm. Karomi everywhere. Gudetama everywhere. Mm. Anime is global popular culture now. I, I really felt that with the, 
yeah, these three anime stores on the boardwalk. Well, they were they were really oriented towards selling just uh, One Piece, Naruto, and Demon Slayer figures and like statues. Actually, that was, that was like ninety percent of their stock was just like endless copies of the same handful of figures and statues from these three franchises. When we went to Florida, there was a, there's like a really big flea market w- mm-hmm. in where we stay. And in the flea market, there were two anime shops, mm. one with a shit ton of anime figures. The other ones were like more games and figures and mm-hmm. pop vinyl kind of things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I thought it was like crazy that in a flea market, there's an anime shop. Well, I, I, flea market I think makes more sense than the boardwalk because I don't know who on the boardwalk is just randomly going to drop a hundred dollars on like An a Sasuke figure. statue. Shit, bit down probably one. So the next step would be what airports? Yeah, yeah, airports. Duty free. Duty free. Yeah, yeah. I was I was surprised to see this stuff, and of course I popped in, took a look around. I didn't think these stores were so exciting at all, but just their their existence is kind of exciting and interesting in and of itself that now these are boardwalk stores. Did you see um like a Hunter Hunter or Naruto uh they did backwoods some- shirts? Have you seen those? No. I don't know what a backwoods shirt is. Backwoods is like the um the rolling papers or like like black and milds, but they're like oh backwards not black and milds or whatever uh-huh. like papers for mm-hmm. rolling and um it'll have like naruto and sasuke on the cover but with like a bunch of weed leaves and then it says like backwards and they're all in like hype beast outfits like supreme outfits oh, i hate that i fucking I love that, that. <laughs> i did see a, i did see a shirt that had luffy and deku and naruto and ichigo all on the front Damn. of the shirt hmm. i was like yo that's too much <laughs> Let's, don't wear that. That's trashy. Yeah. That's, that's a weird trashy crossover. When I was in uh, Virginia Beach, there were uh, some Goku shirts printed. Oh shit! With like the um, skate, their red uh, skater. No, um, the other um, skateboard company. I keep wanting to say innocent, but I'm not. <laughs> um, um, enjoy. No, it's uh, like a, it's almost become a a high end brand now. Oh. It's red. Go against Supreme? Po- Supreme. Oh. Yeah. And, but it'd be like a fake Supreme shirt. Uh-huh. But it, and I would go up and touch it. I'm like, this is a fucking iron-on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> transfer. You're selling this for $25? Yeah. yeah. Like, um, Supreme uh, shirts, I'm sure, probably fucking iron-ons, too. That they, think so? <laughs> I think so. Heat transfer. I mean, it's I've never... Like, I've, heat transfer versus, like, straight up just... Scream print. Cut out an, an, uh, uh, an iron-on. Like a piece on. of plastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know, but hmm. I did find this very cool Jiraiya on a big frog. I just put oh, him in the group chat. Shit. I forgot to text him earlier. My fucking man. I would say boy, but he's a man. He's an unpopular yeah. opinion. That he's a hot dad. Oh my god. Yeah, uh, I mean, I would hang out with Jiraiya for sure. He's, he's easily the best character in Naruto. Well, oh uh, maybe not easily because Kakashi gives him a run for his money. Okay, too. what group chat did you put in? Uh, oh, it's still sending, apparently. Oh. Oh, fucking wanky-ass phone. It's got to go up to the satellites and out, outside of Earth and come back down. Yeah. So. yeah got, damn it, Elon. Get your shit together. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, my phone's been having all sorts of difficulty. Well, uh, technology has been giving me difficulty. I took my work computer and went up to camp. Yeah, I told my boss like weeks ago. Oh, you know, I'm I'm going to Montreal for two weeks, but I'm I'll be online because I'm not really going to be doing so much. I'll be available. I can hop online to do stuff, so I'm not taking the time off work. And he's like, oh, "Okay, well, have a good trip." I get up to Canada. My shit doesn't work. Apparently, it's illegal to take your work stuff up to up to out of the country. You know, like I, I was unable to connect. Ooh, yeah, you're it's like boy. why the fuck didn't my boss say something? And I was able VPN. Well, I was able to wing it with just my phone for about a week, but then my phone wouldn't work for this purpose anymore either. So then I called my boss and I was like, hey, my shit doesn't work. I got to take this next week off work. And he was like, why are you calling me about this? You can just text me and basically hung up on me. Damn. All like, right. Text that bitch next time. Then. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, I'm so, Click. Um, job. Excuse me? You can, you can text out of a government job? <laughs> Hello? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, wait. Get can that. you just show it? Can you just show us since we're in person? Can you just show us on your phone? Yeah, because I want to see it. Get that VPN installed, boy. Get that. It probably, well, if you, it's a, it says it's a work computer. Yeah. So no, it, it, it might already this? have it already on there. My work computer or this Jiraiya? The Jiraiya in Wildwood. At one of the beach shops. Yeah. How much was he? Oh, I don't know. You're going to drive up there and get him? Shit, that's sick as fuck. I know, it's really sick. He's that's why I took to- a picture. He's on top of a toad. He's on top of the toad. That's, that's why I took a picture. Sick. That's awesome. Yo, really cool. literally my favorite arc of Naruto. I'm going to say it right now. I haven't rewatched it since the first time I watched it, but fucking that's my favorite arc. Well, yeah. When they go to Toadland and Jiraiya and Naruto train. Sure. And they bond. That's great. And he talks about how. And Jiraiya, Jiraiya versus Pain, top three fuck, fights in man. Naruto, without a doubt. I really don't remember anything Naruto. I'm just going to be honest. <laughs> I made it to ship it in, and I just don't... I remember them jumping around trees. Sure. So, for this episode, we have a bunch of patron questions. Mm. Are you ready? Are you guys ready for patron questions? Sure. Hit us. Um, so, the first one comes from Earthworm. Yeah. Have you guys looked at these or no? No. Oh, fucking hell yeah, then. (laughs) Okay. Earthworm asks, what's a small embarrassing moment in your life that will haunt you until the day you die? I have 5,000, but I'll pick two because I have two very good stories. Oh, I got a lot of stories, but I'm not embarrassed about them. I tell them (laughs) all the time. (laughs) Nothing embarrasses you? Well, there are plenty of things that embarrass me. But not to the point Wait. that you'll think about them later? Yeah, I don't remember. There are... Yeah, I guess not. Really? So, you don't lay awake in bed at night thinking like, damn, <laughs> that was really fucking stupid and people saw me do that? No. No. I lay, when I lay awake in bed at night, it's that I neglected to give my phone number to some attractive person. I'm Okay, I understand that. I understand that. <laughs> Yeah, I know you probably didn't give anybody a compliment that day either. You. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still in training on this. I'm trying. I'm trying. What can I say? I'm a negative Nancy. Sometimes. <laughs> okay, so should I start with my two stories? 
Yeah, I'm still thinking of mine. Okay. So when me and Steven, I don't even think me and Steven were dating at this point. I think Mm -hmm. we were just hanging out and I lived very close to our college. So I would drive home a lot and him and George, his friend George, um, we went back to my parents' house or like my dad's house at the time. So my dad lived in my childhood home and then my mom was staying with my neighbor who was like family friends like us she had three girls and we all grew up together kind of thing and so she was staying with my neighbor at the time because they had like just split like it was really fresh and so um I hadn't seen my mom in a long time because I usually would go to my dad's house and that might sound crazy because like they we're literal neighbors. We were like three houses down, but like, I didn't see my mom that much. And so, um, I stopped by my mom's because, or my neighbors, because my mom was there. She was off work, whatever. Um, and so I'm like excited to see my mom. I left Steven and George in the car. They were like getting out of the car and walking to the house, but I was like running to the house mm-hmm. and, um, their storm door, they had a storm door. Their storm door was so clean that I did not think that it was, engaged like I did not see the storm door I thought like it was just a clear path so I run I run straight into the door I smack my nose so hard I fall back in front of both Stephen and George who at that point I think I had known for like maybe three months four Mm -hmm. months so like very fresh friends and I was just like Mm. I think about it all the time and I was like I know that that house has a storm door like I know that but like in that moment I was like head head first right head into first the door straight into it mm-hmm. mm-hmm. alright I'll, I'll do a head first story of mine. <laughs> so when I drove warning warning on tour back in the day this is this French noise punk band some of the guys from Gas Mask Terror it was like their other band I drove them on their east coast tour and at that time, Olivier was always playing drums naked at every show. And towards the end of the tour, I decided in, in naked solidarity, I was going to do a naked stage dive during my favorite song. So when they played in Connecticut, in Hartford, Connecticut, they played at this, uh, it was like a Barclay House style venue. It was like big basement for a house and they had a little stage there, you know, um, and I was posted up kind of to the side of the stage and in a sort of uh, corner with a wall to it. So like you wouldn't really necessarily see me from from the front so easily. And so I'm sitting there watching them and they're so good. I'm, I'm still a big fan of this band. And when my favorite song comes, I take off all my clothes real quick and I sprint out onto the stage and I'm doing my naked stage dive, except I trip on some guitar cable. So I just fall off the stage and clonk headfirst right into the ground and knock myself unconscious. So then I'm just spread eagle, butt naked, knocked unconscious on the ground in front of all these people. Just out of nowhere, you know. No. Too, with a bunch of people standing over me like uh, are you okay what oh my fuck? god what the fuck is going on are you all right <laughs> but did you get someone's number i did get the girl's number oh fucking hell yeah okay. <laughs> my other story is an unconscious one too unconscious <laughs> yeah. yeah i guess i didn't i haven't lived a full life because i don't have any like super embarrassing also also a story from college because i was finding myself i guess <laughs> so there was like a I think it's for like graduates or some kind of like charity event at DCAD and um 
it was in a different building down the street and uh there were a bunch of like volunteers from the school like students from the school were volunteering some people were doing it like part of like work study or whatever but like I wasn't so um we went up to the like me and my group of friends went to the charity thing and like it was over but there was like still food and at DCAT they had lots of food all the time so we would just sneak into things and like eat all the food (laughs) and so that's what we did and so we were all hanging out in this like charity event like waning down kind of situation so it was like kind of burst with like people like higher ups like whatever teachers there wasn't like that many people so like um our friend group was very obvious um and so we were like eating and then there were balloons filled with helium and so we went around to all of the balloons and we were like sucking air and like sure. doing fun funny things funny voices and i thought damn i'm gonna take the biggest <laughs> breath of helium so i can have this chipmunk voice yeah. for a very long time <laughs> and so i take a big huge inhale of helium and apparently i passed out and fell onto the floor Please. like smacked Please. like smacked really? down onto yeah. the floor steven was there hard. i was partying so hard <laughs> smacked onto the floor steven was there i forget who else was there um like in front of all of my friends and then somebody else like the director or a teacher or something both like two people pulled me up like and i didn't even know what was happening but like as i was coming to i was like damn like my face hurts like what happened and i they yelled at my friends they were like you guys look at her she just fell you guys weren't even paying attention and she fell on the ground and now like you guys are getting so rowdy with this helium you have to go home and so like we got kicked out Mm. Because I went too hard on the helium, (laughs) knocked myself unconscious. (laughs) Wow! And I think about that all the time because I was like, "Damn, Stephen has seen me like smack straight into a door and also like plummet to the ground on my face." (laughs) Like, yeah, how? I I feel. How do you still like me? My oh, these are endearing moments. Yeah, I mean, I this, this, these these don't define you, Amelia. <laughs> no, uh, define you in a positive way. I yes. think about them. You're so very often. You're so entertaining. <laughs> the party never stops. So I think the lesson is always check if there's a storm door. Um, never go on stage naked and don't nah, suck got, too much helium. Pot, no, but I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going to defend nudity as part of artistic performance. <laughs> yeah, I, I think I've had drunk moments of embarrassment. But, yeah, I don't know. I, one time I um, I was drinking at a bar and I decided to walk around the harbor Hmm. and urinate into the harbor (laughs) while there was a security guard standing right next to me. And I was on a date, by the way. Oh, okay. All right. (laughs) On uh, a date? mm -hmm. Did you have a second date? I don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And I also threw uh, a couple, a beer bottle through my bedroom window once. Threw it? Yep. Damn. Yeah. Single pane? I don't remember. Yeah, that was a mistake because it was the middle of winter time and uh, oh, it was cold. Oh, yeah, was was this an anger or in party? Yeah, so it was like a we were uh, I was drinking tequila mm. with a couple. Oh, that'll of always get you. Yeah, 
and um very meredith gray of you who <laughs> gray's anatomy oh that is a she always drinks tequila <laughs> straight out of the character. bottle yeah yeah, when you start drinking out of the bottle, straight from the bottle, that's yeah. There that's was not a, a weird good sign. night at DCAD where we drank tequila, and I don't remember half of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's kind of how this night was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or wine on an empty stomach. Apparently, I um, I came from work one day, and there was like a our friends threw like a winter solstice party instead of like a Christmas party, mm-hmm. and so um, we were at the winter solstice party, and I had just come from work, and the food was over, like it was a potluck kind of thing, um, and they had already eaten all of the food, so all there was left was wine and I was just drinking wine and apparently I (laughs) talked to our friend who lived there for like two hours just like having (laughs) conversation like a deep conversation (laughs) while like very drunk and Steven kept trying to pull me away but I would not pull away like I was so involved (laughs) in this conversation (laughs) and then we walked home really drunk and then I gave um, this homeless trans woman a ten dollars Mm. Yep. It's a good amount of money. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I said, where's my ten dollars? <laughs> 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 Steven's like, Don't you remember? I'm like, remember what? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, I shat myself on stage once. That was cool. <laughs> I don't know if that I don't know if that's cool. <laughs> that's pretty embarrassing. <laughs> <laughs> See, did everybody notice no nobody noticed uh, but i well, told then. everybody like two weeks later uh, because yeah. i i think these um, these kinds of embarrassing stories become funny like they're only embarrassing in the moment they become <laughs> funny after you know like if you give it an appropriate amount of breathing space yeah. they become funny if no one's around to witness it is it still embarrassing Hmm. Yes, I think so. Because you witness it yourself. <laughs> so it's like you have to acknowledge your own realities and behaviors. Because when I was working at FedEx, I uh, would get, you know, I was on the road a lot and there was not a lot of bathroom breaks. Mm-hmm. So I would assume that you would have a roadmap of all of the public restrooms you could use without paying. Uh, well, this well, this one time I was out in the boon, I was in Ellicott City okay. and I wasn't used to the routes. I didn't know like where there were bathrooms mm-hmm. and there's all like all these huge like mansions and whatever. And I decided I would take my Gatorade bottle and just pee in that. Yeah. Cause I got it. I was drinking a lot of water. It was sure. the summer. Sure, sure. Yeah. And, um, so I, yeah, I peed in the Gatorade bottle. Actually, no, it wasn't Gatorade bottle. It was a Dunkin' Donuts clear cup. Okay. Uh, so I urinated in that, put the cup on the top shelf where all the boxes are. And sure. I, must have hit a turn or a curve, and the uh, the cup spilled everywhere, all over the, the boxes, boxes that were right next to it. Oh, it didn't even get on you. It's okay. And <laughs> so I just <laughs> I decided I was like, this is probably not sanitary. So I sprayed them, sprayed the boxes with Clorox spray. Mm-hmm. Um, Anybody complain? I never got any calls, mm. but uh, it felt it was pretty embarrassing. In that, uh, you know. <laughs> Someone got the box with uh, some urine on it. Uh, What do they know? (laughs) You know, I think it's okay. At least it was hot in the summer. Probably dried real quick. Yeah. Dried up. No. (laughs) If if my mailman did that, I'd forgive him. It's okay. It's good. These things happen. You know, there's just not a lot of places to pee. People are on there 10 hour days, 12 hour days. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I peed on the side of a gas station in Montreal because they wouldn't Mm -hmm. let me use their bathroom. They insisted it was broken, but I didn't believe them. (laughs) (laughs) It's probably fine. It's probably a beautiful bathroom. 
Yeah, that's what I thought. Because it was like six in the morning by the time we. It was like six a.m. and we'd been been up all night and we got yeah. there. I'm sure they thought. I mean, I was so tired. I, I was like kind of physically not feeling very well. So I, I figured they might have thought I was being drunk and belligerent in some way. Although I'm like not drunk. I'm just belligerent because <laughs> I got to go to the bathroom at six a.m. I'm tired. <laughs> and they were like, "Oh, the bathrooms." Yeah, the bathroom's closed. It's not working. The bathroom's closed. I'm like, fuck you. You know, like it ain't. It ain't. I guarantee that shit ain't broken, man. Like, mm-hmm. just open it up. It's time. <laughs> the sun is is rising. It's time. I just went and peed on the side of the building. Fuck him. Yeah, fuck him. So did me and five of my best Mexican friends. So mm-hmm. got I mean, nice when you gotta one. go, you yeah, gotta go. Exactly. Yeah. It was going down. Um. Yeah, when I shat myself, it was at Barclay House. So at your house, so you shat yourself at your house. Yeah, when you know when we would open slightly our less set, embarrassing. I let out a big a big yell. It was kind of like how our set began was me being like, ah. but this time when I let out the big yell, I just immediately shat myself. <laughs> uh, but I just went ahead and performed anyway. Uh, and yeah, I just did did the damn Wait, thing. But you was, wear boxers, yeah. So it just fell out. It didn't really fall out. It mushed. It was like kind of. I mean, it wasn't like a big solid turd. It was like an explosion. Yeah, splattered and all mushed up and whatnot. Because I was jumping around and rolling around and shit. Yeah, and, and then, in shit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then when we were done, I just went upstairs and took a shower and changed my clothes and came back downstairs. Like, yeah, that was shit in my pants. Well, you know, because, well, at that time, I mean, it's, it's my own house. So when I'm, I'm used to like when I'm done playing, I would always just go upstairs, take a shower, change and come back. So I'm not like all hot and sweaty throughout the whole mm-hmm. night. Uh, so it was not unusual when I did this. And then... Yeah, so I don't think anybody noticed. I just played it off like nothing happened. Mm. Uh, didn't didn't have any reaction to shitting myself. Just just did the damn thing. And but I told everybody like two weeks later because I thought it was funny. <laughs> I maintain it's funny. And this one. Okay, so our next question comes from Knucklehead. What is your favorite movie, TV show, book outside of anime or manga? And for the movie or TV show, it can be live action or animated. Yeah, Grey's Anatomy, the one piece for white women. <laughs> this is true. Fucking love this Grey's is true. Anatomy. This is so true. That's why I literally just referenced it 10 minutes ago. <laughs> but I, I, I'm rewatching it yet again. Uh, I rewatch it every few years. Mm-hmm. I feel like I get something different out of it every time I watch it. As I grow, I, I kind of pull different parts of the story, different themes, different relationships to the characters and their problems. Um, but yeah, I'm a diehard fan. I could talk about Grey's Anatomy just like I talk about anime on here. And I do. This is the only one of the only things I talk about with my mom, who I have a, a very bad relationship with, but. We, we do manage to talk about Grey's Anatomy. This was hard for me because yeah. I'm not a, not a person that can pick one favorite. I've Same. got like eight favorites <laughs> mm-hmm. that are my only personality. So, um, for like TV shows, I fucking love Parks and Rec, The Office, Schitt's Creek, those kinds of TV shows fuck me up with that I love them 
I reference them all the time. Most of my jokes are from The Office. Hmm. <laughs> um, and then, like, horror movies. I love horror movies. Slashers, specifically. I love the Scream franchise. Um, I don't really read books. I'm going to do an internet! So. Well, I'm going to do a book! Oh. I also love the original Transformers movie with Orson Welles. Whoa. Wait, with Shia LaBeouf? No. Wow. The uh, animated one. Yeah, the original animated one. Uh, there was a time where I owned eight different copies of it. And when I was younger, I could literally recite. Once I got in the groove, I could recite the entire movie in real hmm. time. Because I've seen it so many times. When I was little, I could recite um, uh, the Little Rascals movie from oh, start yeah. to finish. Hell yeah. Yeah, and that shit on tape. Shit, man. Used to watch Fuck that a lot. me up with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Steven likes Little Rascals, but like the old, 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 old ones. Yeah. The OG. Breaking Bad. I'm rewatching that. I think I've mentioned that already. It's one of my favorites. Uh. 1Q84, the um, Murakami book. Mm. It's like three books long. Mm. Yeah, so it took me a long time to read that. Mm. Uh, other movies? I like movies. <laughs> <laughs> like you, I feel like you're you like general movies. Like you yeah. like movies. You like films. Like you want like watching films. Yeah. So it's like hard for you to pick one. Yeah, I've probably seen Blade Runner the most, and mm-hmm. Mad Max. Those two movies I've watched mm. numerous times. Step Brothers, and I love you, man. Mm. Ooh, Step Brothers. <laughs> there was a phase where I remember you were loving. Who, who's the uh, director who does Judd Apatow? Yeah, Forty Year Old Virgin. Love Judd Apatow movies. Mm-hmm. And then he started pulling his kids in, and that was even the best. <laughs> they are great. They are great. Um, date night. I always recommend people date night with Steve Carell and Tina Fey because that is fucking funny as shit. If you have bloopers at the end of your movie, I automatically like you. Like, I'm mm. automatically... Like, mm. <laughs> bloopers are, like, one of my favorite things. Really? Yeah. Interesting. I fucking love bloopers. Because mm. I love it when people mess up words, which is why whenever people mess up words, I repeat it to them because I think it's so fucking funny. <laughs> and not in a mean way. Like, I genuinely think, like, that it's funny. Mm. Did I ask a question? I think that was it. That was it? I think that was it. Okay, two questions. Solid. Yeah. But. Well, thank you for these questions. Yeah, thank you, patrons. To think of us. I have to, like, remember when we do patron stuff (laughs) so that it's not last minute. We got a very kind email from somebody. So kind. And I even even (laughs) confirmed that if it was real or not. I was like, does this look real, guys? (laughs) What the hell are you doing? Fucking background check. (laughs) identity identity check yeah. i was i was like um because it was so nice i was like uh we never get feedback like this let me find it and it's from a japanese listener listener yeah oh, we also, we also living have a new in patron. japan oh my god so sorry we have a new patron before i read the email oh, oh really yes we have a new patron um let me pull a patreon sorry guys normally i'm at my computer but today i am not Dustin H., thank you so much for subscribing. Um, 
he subscribes to the $3 tier for Amelia's Anime Hour. Oh, wow. And if you're listening to this, there is most definitely going to be a mid-season episode mm-hmm. out. So, we haven't recorded it yet because we're in the future. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is kind of a paradox in, in itself. Yeah. We're back in the future. Yeah, you know, we just like to yeah. mess up time timelines. We mm. like to, you know go in and out of timelines here steins gate yeah, yeah. <laughs> send the text thanks dustin yeah thank you Generous um of you. if you are listening to this a scholar and a gentleman um mm-hmm. let us know if you want to be in our discord yeah. so we can give you the discord mm-hmm. link i can't find the email guys a few moments later. Okay, Iwasa-san writes, Ever since I saw your podcast a month ago, I've been listening to you guys nonstop. From Aizoken to Oshinoko. It, uh, it was a nice trip. I'm a listener from Japan, and seeing people talk about our culture just makes me smile. Anime podcasts are apparently rare here, like literally. Keep on the awesome work and hope to see more of you fantastic people. Thanks. With a little heart. Thank you so much for number one, for spending so much time with us. We don't shut the fuck up. So I'm yeah, sure that real. probably well, took you yeah. literally a month of nonstop that's listening. Some, that's some dedication. <laughs> that <Yeah>. is. <laughs> and um, yeah, thank you so much for listening. I am I, shocked that you can listen, that you know enough English to get to get yeah. what we're talking about we should uh yeah give us send us your address no. we'll send you some some merch yeah <laughs> you know I, I spend a lot of my life interacting with foreigners from the world you know via the the world of punk and i've had to uh i guess resign myself to the fact that i am just an ignorant american guy <laughs> and i only speak english and, and i'm not going to be learning second languages anytime soon i'm not good at i'm not good at language in a broad sense yeah i'm good at, at english more or less but uh, my brain just is really not it's working not very well yeah to to pick up other languages um, that was like the one thing that i was gonna do if i didn't do art word study language and so i i have enormous respect for people that are bilingual people that are trilingual um and yeah thank you iwasa-san for uh dealing with us in English and writing to us in English and American English. Uh, clearly. Yeah. Clearly you're <laughs> an intelligent individual with a great mind for language and, uh, and great yeah. taste in anime podcasts. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Thank you for spending so much of your time with us. Yeah. It strikes me that they don't have podcasts in Japan. It's like, are they just not into podcasting? I wonder, or? I know YouTube's really big. Yeah. Yeah, they probably have them. They're probably just like not as common. Like literally, everyone here has a podcast. Yeah, that's true. Well, there's some truth in that. And well, I'm also I'm also wondering about the like, um, how it sits culturally. culturally. Yeah, Yeah, where I mean, what what would be an equivalent podcast topic in the USA? Like, would we have big podcasts about I don't know, like Batman? There are people that do that. Yeah. Comics but, and Marvel yeah. movies. Yeah. 
but I there are there certainly are, but I well I don't know I don't know if the the scope and the depth is I'm sure the depth is probably similar to anime, but I don't know if the scope is similar. Yeah, I think there's something to be said for like when things reach a level of cultural abundance and cultural commonality, cultural prevalence that people stop digging so deep into it uh, because it's just kind of taken for granted. Mm. Um, yeah, because it's kind of a niche because anime is, is kind of a niche interest in the U.S. People get really excited about it. They they want to dig deep about it. They feel enthused because it you know requires effort, and that effort results in payoff. Uh, if you live in Japan, and anime is just a common topic of your everyday life and it's just mm. always around you that you just it's, pick up the latest shonen jump and read it on the train then uh maybe it is less it's not something you're as willing to dig so deep into per se is the equivalent like american cartoons well because if it is then i don't i mean not that i not that i'm looking because i don't really like american cartoons but i don't see podcasts about like yeah. Ameri- like cultural american cartoons mm. well and that's a good that yeah that that's another base question too i think because american cartoons are really far more youth oriented toward mm-hmm. than japanese anime is I think of anime as being an all-ages type thing, that there are you know, stuff that's meant for kids, but there's also stuff that's meant for adults, but with American cartoons. I feel like it's like far less. Yeah, the stuff that's meant mm-hmm. for kids is like really meant for kids, kids and, and the stuff that's meant for adults is like <laughs> The Simpsons and Family Guy, <laughs> yeah. where like... Kids could watch it and they wouldn't about? get it. Yeah, who's even, who's, there's nothing to talk about. Like, there ain't nothing <laughs> yeah. to talk about. Nothing, like, these are just, you know, sketch comedy shows. There's, <laughs> there's nothing to talk about. No substance. Yeah. yeah. Even like South Park. Yeah. I mean, even if it's, if it's political mm-hmm. or, you know, topical. Mm-hmm. But then, like, you, once, once the show is over, then that's it. You know, mm-hmm. it's, you, it's not irrelevant anymore. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really dates itself. Yeah, yeah. King of the Hill still relevant though. Oh, Ooh, King of the Hill, King of the rocks. The yeah, best. yeah. King of the Hill is so easily the best American comedy cartoon like that. Dang it, Bobby! Yeah. yeah. So if you can watch that in Japan, Mister Ross, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. If you want to understand American culture, <laughs> oh that's, fucking that's King what you of watch, the Hill, King of the Hill. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of community stuff. Do you feel the love? That our podcast is is getting, do you feel it? I'm amazed. My heart is bursting. <laughs> it's full of joy. Maybe it's like my heart is bursting. I love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm so excited. Well, so yeah, I mean, well, yeah, I, I, you know, in my some ways, it's just bursting. the way I talk, but <laughs> in other ways, well, the thing is, you know, I've spent so long doing band stuff and getting every reaction across the board from people that always like telling me everything I do is garbage to people that seem to really like the, the art that I make. And I've kind of come to the conclusion that people's feedback is it's like the important part is how you feel about it yourself. Yeah. You know, uh, 
so I'm, I'm just not used to processing much feedback from anybody, any one way or another. People like it. People don't like it. Mm. I like it or I don't <laughs> like it. That's that's the important opinion to me. But that being said, I'm, I'm amazed. We reached Japan. Well, I, I'm I'm just amazed that people actually choose to listen to this and <laughs> that they they willingly spend their time listening to us and that is because uh, it's different. Like people listen to your record, it's like ten minutes. People listen to our fucking podcast, it's like two hours and is way less crafted. I mean, in some ways it is, but in other ways it's like. It's just us talking. <laughs> it's a long time to listen to the three of us talk. It's like, wow, you that's really quite generous of your time. I, I, I can't believe it. I, I hope we can meet in real life and that uh, we can we can have real conversation because you seem to really appreciate the three of us and, and our thoughts and who we are as individuals. And, and I can only hope that the three of us would appreciate you just as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well said, Dan. That. That. Ditto. <laughs> <laughs> Should we uh, take a quick break? Yeah. And get into our review? Sure. Yes. We didn't have a clue back then. But just outside of our town, there was a door that led to the whole world. I didn't have a clue. This year's summer would be different from all the rest. The Dunkleys are reunited. So, why are you blonde? Let's go! The Doan Glease was about to get itself a new member. The two losers buy him a soda! What? I think my biggest regret would be not finding my greatest treasure of all. That's out there in this big, wide world. Have you ever been to the other end of this tunnel? No, never. Then we're in for our first adventure. What kind of treasure hunt is that? Feels like some kind of wild goose chase to me. Come on, haven't you ever taken a path that wasn't just laid out for you? No, I should not come. The point is, we just have to keep on walking no matter what. It'll be all over if we don't. The path we were following was suddenly just gone. Like we'd found ourselves at the very end of the world. It was as if it were telling us. There was no such thing as happy endings. Who cares about the Dome Glees? We're 16, it's late! We already came this far with you. Don't you dare turn your back on us now! I mean, let's say the world came to an end tomorrow. If that happened, would you have any regrets? Moments that are never going to come again are frozen in time for all eternity. Even if people say it's impossible. It doesn't mean that you have to give up on your happily ever after, right? We're back. back. You're bizarre. <laughs> We're going to talk about goodbye, Don Freaks. Don Freaks. Wait, goodbye, Gone Freaks. Gone Freaks. Gone Freaks. Yeah. Goodbye, Gone Freaks. <laughs> mm, so when I was researching movies to watch for this episode um i searched uh so 
summer, summertime movies. And you found good guys gone fleek. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So we found Goodbye Don Glees, and it was by this director, Atsuko Ishizuka. Um, and she's affiliated with Madhouse, and mm-hmm. she's worked on a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. This this movie was never on my radar. I didn't even know it existed. Never heard um, of it. So kind of crazy. Um, but she also worked on um, A Place Further from the Universe. High on my watch list. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Really good. Um, this movie... Uh, people compare to that because of the camaraderie and stuff like that. But they say that a place further is better, which I don't think they, I think they are very different, even Mm. though they are pretty Mm. similar. Um, Yeah. Especially if this was a TV, like a 12 episode TV series, it could have the same accolades, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If it were Um, no game, no life zero, Mm. which is a fucking good ass movie. And if you haven't seen it, you should, even if you don't like no game, no go. Yep. Loved it. Um, I'm just going to read the notable ones. Um, uh, the pet girl of Sakura. So can yeah, Sakura. That one, that one, I know it. I know it. (laughs) I've seen a couple of was one that I wouldn't have considered notable, but tomb, but Okay. Um, and Chihaya Furu. Ah, now we're talking. There we go. Right. One for All Dan. Right. That's a good one. One for Dan. Now we're rocking. Uh, and this movie's great. The next one, Nana. Hey. Hey. And the last one I'm going to mention, Monster. Oh, okay. I'm rewatching Monster right now. There you go. Yeah, there we go. So this, this is this is a person with skill. Yeah. Taste, intelligence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You I have to, faith in her. You didn't want to mention Cheese Sweet Home? Who? <laughs> Speaking of cartoons for little children. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this is an industry veteran that knows what exactly they're doing. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I guess synopsis first, right? So goodbye gone freaks is the Hunter X Hunter sequel. <laughs> Summertime. Movie gone, extravaganza. Yeah, it's summertime, so gone Non-canon. leaves again. Yeah, <laughs> Kilo waves goodbye to. <laughs> um, so this movie is about a group of. Well, I guess there are two, and in this movie they gain a third member of their um, friend group, in which they are called Don Glees. And you get to learn what that means later on in the film. So I won't spoil it for you now, but I will spoil it for you later. Dunkle. 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 And it's basically just a summertime coming of age story. These characters go through a lot um, in between the year of middle school and going into high school. Um, they try and find themselves, find their passion mm. and have an adventure at the same time. That was a pivotal year in my life, too, actually. That year, that summer in between middle school and high school was a defining summer for me. Interesting. Changed my entire, mm. changed my entire life, my entire trajectory of my life. Wow. So then did you resonate with these characters at all? No. Oh. I was just thinking about it right now when you said it. <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was the year I, uh, I watched um, uh, The Writing Bean. So that was pretty transformational. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay. Yeah. Well, that, that summer, that summer, I went out to visit my grandparents in Los Angeles, and my dad and grandpa took me to Headline Records in Los Angeles, where I purchased Discordance Axis, The Inalienable Dreamless, Asoc Misery Index. Spaz, Crush, Kill, Destroy, and Capless Casualties singles collection, all on CD. How do you guys and, remember this stuff? Dude, that was one of... <laughs> do you have any idea the impact that had on my life? <laughs> I literally... It's like, after that day, the only thing that mattered to me in life was punk. I was punk. After that day, I was punk. Oh, interesting. Yeah, after that, I was like, dude, all this is this is it. This is my life now. This is this is what I'm about. Oh like God. I was, I was a, I was a middle schooler with Napster. After that, I was a high school punk. You oh, know, shit. <laughs> I don't think I had any. I started. I started summers. my first band that fall. Like okay. months later, I, I started uh, teaching myself drums and started my first band with other neighborhood kids. And that was what I decided I wanted my whole life to be was to get a government job where I could be lazy and just focus on punk stuff. Damn, you did the damn thing. I man. know. I, I did it. <laughs> it's awesome. I've had a really great life. <laughs> None of my summers have been transformative. Really. Did you spend time in the woods? Uh, I did spend time in the woods, yeah. Okay. A little bit. Getting lost? No, our woods are very small behind my house. Mm, <laughs> mm. Um, yeah. Well. Nothing transformative. Just trying to, you know, get my mom to buy me cooler clothes so I wouldn't get picked on. <laughs> okay. Went tanning so that I wouldn't get picked on. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I feel that. <laughs> Summers are all kind of blur, kind of blur together. I never did anything. Me and my sister would watch uh, Project Runway and yeah. critique it the whole time. Mm, cool. Yeah. yeah so I got started on fashion. That oh. is true. I did go to modeling school. You went to modeling school? Fun fact. Interesting. Yeah, I went to Interesting. Not like during the summer, but like, then, yes, I went to modeling school. And then they school. watched you run face first into the storm door and were I, like, well, you yeah, can't I be know, a model. Right? <laughs> 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 I should show you guys my modeling pictures because they're fucking insane. Um, the photographer was a creep, but the pictures looked really good. <laughs> um, I forget what I was going to say, but yeah, I went to modeling school. Not over the summer, but I did cheerleading camp over the summer. Oh, that's cool. That was to, like hot and sweaty. I used to date a, I guess not a professional cheerleader, but she a competitive cheerleader. Oh, I always wanted to be a competitive cheerleader. Yeah. It's cool. It is. It's so cool. They are so mm. fucking athletic. Mm-hmm. If you get a chance, you should watch Netflix's cheer documentary. I prefer bring cheer, it on. Cheer. Oh, I do fucking love bring it on. <laughs> um, so what's your all favorite summer coming of age summer movie? Because okay. I've been talking about this. Okay. A lot. Only because I don't. I think because I just we just watched this movie, and then yesterday I was like, mm, we should watch Now and Then. But my favorite coming of age summer movie is Now and Then, um, uh, with Christina Ricci and uh, another really, mm. I forget her name, but I love her. Mm. Um, and it's about a group of girls growing up in, I believe the seventies into the eighties, maybe. Um, where they all go through a bunch of like transformative, uh, things within their life and then together as a friend group, you know, liking boys.
And then by the end of the movie, they're all old and still friends, and it's just very heartwarming. That Tragic, but heartwarming yeah. at the same time. That sounds good. I forget Ooh. who that one actress is that I'm going to look up. Hmm. You got a favorite coming of age? The Sandlot. Oh, a good oh one. sure. That's a classic. Yeah. I used that's to watch that movie a lot. Yeah. And I just remember I didn't play baseball growing up as a kid, but definitely would spend time with like a big friend group of uh, snot nosed kids, particularly boys. Thor Birch. Which was it? Thora Birch. Mm. Thor Birch. Birds? Oh my Thor God. Birch? Thor Birch. Thor Birch. <laughs> <laughs> Thora the bitch. Thora Birch. Thora Birch. I love her. Anyway. Jeff says Thora the bitch. I'm like, oh, is there a backstory to this? What'd you know about Thora? Also, uh, the Sandlot was also good, but also, um, fuck, I had it on the tip of my tongue. The um, Stand By Me. The 80s oh, classic. Shit. About Stand finding a dead body. me. In the woods. Mm, mm. Spoiler alert. And, and, and this is the movie that I thought of the most while watching. Stand by me. This Don Gleese. Don, 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 Don. Yeah. Okay, I don't think <laughs> I, I ever saw Stand by Me. I remember River's Edge. That's where they drown somebody, and Dystopia samples that movie so much. Huh? Is that what it's called? River's Edge. River's Edge. I don't think I know. We all go to our phones. Yeah. Yeah. Look it up. <laughs> Look it up. Christella, help. Help. This is why you don't need a dictionary because you yeah. have it. You need to immediately. call Christella on the phone and ask, hey, what's that one movie about like kids that kill each other? It's Keanu Reeves. Isn't oh, it? fucking Dennis I love Hopper. Keanu Reeves. Is it called River's Edge? And Crispin Glover. Yep. In 1986. Damn, look. Keanu Reeves on my phone background. Oh, yeah. oh, so this is a year before, or maybe... Same, same, same decade. Hmm. I don't know if I've seen this. Oh, you should watch it. I bet you would like it. If you haven't watched Now and Then, everybody should watch it, even though it's about yeah, girls. When you, when you said that, Amelia, I thought for sure you were going to say Now and Then, Here and There. No. I feel like <laughs> fascinating choice. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yep. This is River's Edge is what I'm thinking of. Yep. Okay. May it's- 8th, 1987. Dude, it was released like... Right around our birthdays. Oh, really? May 8th, 1987. Damn. I mean, I'm on the 24th. You're on 21st? Oh, my God. Dan. 28th. 28th. Okay. Put it in your phone. (laughs) 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 Well, we should watch River's Edge sometime. Also, Dystopia will make a lot more sense once you watch River's Edge because they sampled that I was wondering what they sampled in that. that, that A lot of those samples are from River's Edge. Okay. Good to know. Um, yeah, my favorite, it, it, maybe this is kind of a whack answer in context, but my favorite coming of age story is Furikuri. <laughs> <laughs> we all laughing at me. What can I say? I don't watch that many movies when I was, I mean, originally, my, my first thought was Star Wars because that's what I actually mm. watched growing up all the time. Mm. Um, I didn't watch. I'm, I've never been that much of a movie guy, and I didn't watch uh, these sorts of, of teen coming of age movies that would be, you know, appropriate for people of my age bracket <laughs> at the time. Mm. 
Um, Dawson's Creek. Even oh, I fucking love Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I fucking I've seen Dawson's Creek several times now, but I watched mm-hmm. it as an adult. I didn't watch it at the time. You know, at the time I'd be like, "This is quite boring." I want to watch giant robots blowing shit up. I want to watch, you know, science fiction, immersive worlds I can dig deep into. Now, as an adult, I'm like, no, show me that cringe teenage love. <laughs> into it. Um, but no, Furikuri is the coming of age story that resonates with me the most mm. and that I, I find the most endearing and, and timeless. Yeah. It's not a Galaxy Express. No, not Express 999. And <laughs> I, I swear we will do an episode where we dig into the Furikuri franchise. I okay, will, I yeah. will defend the merits of this as one of the great coming-of-age stories. <laughs> so our main character, Roma, is a little bit of a bumpkin. Lives on a farm. Farms a lot. Helps his parents with his farm. And also likes a girl who does photography. Mm-hmm. And in this particular summer, um, she has gone to Ireland and New York, and he's longing for her. So his friend Toto, before he leaves for Tokyo, has him call a phone number that they believe to be um, this girl's phone number. In Ireland, so that Roma can man up and call this girl and tell him that she likes that he likes her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the phone does connect to something, but we do not know at the moment what it is. So we then fast forward to present day where. Toto is back from Tokyo, um, and it is about to be a fireworks festival, like the um, the summer festival for the town next door, because they are in such a small town, everybody goes to the town next door instead of having one in the small town. Um, and Roma makes a comment that, like, they've never been invited to go. And I'm like, bitch, you don't need an invite. You got you yourself and your friend Toto. Y'all can go over there if you want. I wasn't sure why he was in a group chat with all these people that just talk shit to him. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Leave the group chat. That's a, that's like a thing. Like, I think, I think it's a line conversation with the entire class. I think in the beginning of the year, you get everybody's line and there's like a group chat with the line in online on line, the app. But anyway, I I realized that that's the situation, but, leave the group chat. <laughs> yeah. But if you leave, then you're not cool and you're very unpopular. You can't save face. Is he saving face by letting everybody talk shit to him? I'm all... I feel like he learns mm. this summer. Mm-hmm. Okay. Just okay. He has a transformative summer. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So, they go out to the field to have their own little fireworks festival. It's their friend group's little tradition. Um, and the fireworks that he got were duds. They didn't go off. And then uh, a fire happened in the town. And everybody thought it was them. So they set off on a quest to find a drone that they were using to film what they were doing. To prove their innocence. And so they go off into the woods on an adventure. 
that transforms their lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But before they, but but they do meet a new person. Yeah. A new, a new person in their friend group. Drop. Drop. I when I was looking this up uh, before I even like read anything I like just literally scrolled the mal page and mm-hmm. it was like protect drop for life and I was like oh that's his death flag man <laughs> that is a death flag so if I've ever heard one is Roma's voice actor the same voice actor as Deku that's what I was thinking is well. it for real it sounds so. just like sounds him just like interesting him. yeah I like the I like that he like Roma narrates the entire story yeah. and uh, that's a pet peeve of mine um, especially like in isekai I don't know if I mentioned it in the isekai episode but a pet peeve of mine is when you start out with narration that goes that nobody narrates after the first episode because fair, the fair. the story has been set up and that yeah. really ticks me off um, because what's the point of setting up narration if you're not mm-hmm. going to utilize mm-hmm. it? in a way that's helpful to the story, which is why I like Machoko Tensei so much because narration is key throughout the entire series. Consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that narration is consistent through this entire movie. Is it really the Deku guy? Tanjiro actually. Oh my God. That's what it is. That's why you recognize it. Tanjiro. Yeah. From Wait. Demon Slayer. Oh. weird right when he get when he was really dramatic and oh. like yelling i was like why is i'm getting i'm getting the <laughs> flashbacks I'm getting, to, yeah. I'm getting a tingle in my butt cheek mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um what were you talking about yeah narration oh yeah um really really love narration when it's utilized in a way that is helpful to the story well, one one angle of this movie that I was surprised I reacted this way to was the love interest. It was Roma's love interest. Mm. And the way that he was so, like, unwilling to engage with her or, like, was too shy to engage with her. And I could really feel that I've grown up and that I have become an adult because i think when i was younger maybe that would have been more relatable to me or um like i I would find that more entertaining or more like easier to accept but instead i'm looking at this like no fucking call her man (laughs) come on you already talked to her fucking give her a call i mean his interaction when they are trying to call her over the phone is literally so classic i used to do that shit all the time and uh, i think everybody does when they're that age yeah and i that's but you know now now i don't behave that way now i'm like (laughs) you know i'll I'll give out my phone number to anyone that's marginally attractive to me and i I call anybody if i want to talk to them i just call them did Uh, you have a uh, when you were 15 16 did you have a a fling? Oh, yeah. Did summer you have a fling? crush? A summer fling. No, I dated the same girl for three years in high school. Damn. She was uh, a year or two older than me. Yeah. Okay. 15, she was a grade above me, a year or two older than me. There was one summer where we had a blackout, like, for almost a week, where we would have to go get dry ice to, like, have, like, refrigerated food. Um, and I had a boyfriend at the time, but I didn't talk to him the entire summer after the blackout. <laughs> and then I hung out with, like, completely different people. Mm. Um and then when school started, we saw each other in the hallway and just like, you know, gave a nod. Like, yeah, we done. 
We've been done. We know it. You know it. I know it. <laughs> if I had a summer fling, it would be the person I met in Montreal two weeks ago. <laughs> That's that's uh that's X-rated. Nobody Did you have a that. summer fling when you were a kid? Like, yeah, but I was the kind of kid that was like too stupid to realize mm. what was in front of me. Mm. Like I was, you know, I would. I, I'm sure in their eyes, I was leading them on. Mm. Like, why are you hanging out with me? Oh, we're just friends. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I dated one person in high school, and all the other people were, uh, in hindsight, were people I. Probably could have uh, been on a date with, mm. you know. No regrets. I don't think I'm a summer <laughs> fling kind. Of, I always went looking. Always went looking for a summer fling. You know, like you go to yeah. senior week or you go to the beach with your friend. And you're like prowling the beach for some hot guys, whatever. Mm. Never actually happens though. Yeah, like literally never actually happens. Like and it wouldn't the... ever happen to me. Uh, it would always happen to my friends. So. <laughs> <laughs> Frustrating. I went to Otakon, many Otakons in you know in oh, high many, school and many Otakon moves to go. Just thinking of uh, oh, what about oh, like talking? No, this person's cool. Mm-hmm. But I never went up, you know, I never went up to talk to them. So I know how would I know what they were like? Yeah. You know, I feel like at that age, there's like, and there's, there's, there's not a like understanding of like how to start a conversation with somebody and like engage with them. Mm-hmm. Cause most people talk about, want to talk about themselves anyway. So all you have to do is ask them questions That's about true. themselves. Yeah, true. Um, which like you don't learn until later on in life. <laughs> Uh, yeah, my dad made me read a book when I was in high school called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Damn. It's a famous, kind of famous book. <laughs> you got uh, you uh, on that influencer track. Yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. Well, and, well that's, that's something the book, it's like one of the basic fundamentals of the book is, as you say, the idea that most people just want to talk about themselves. All you have to do is ask them a couple like open questions or like directed but open questions to get them going and then you just let them keep talking or most people will remember that conversation and remember you very fondly for like they will walk away from a most people if they're given the space to talk about themselves they will walk away from that conversation and from that interaction feeling like that was a positive and enjoyable interaction Hmm. um recently this has been brought to my attention because of how like often i work with in customer service and apparently t-shirts are a great uh conversation starter oh yeah i agree Mm -hmm. which didn't get until just now. And then I wear the t-shirts and I regret my life. Oh, see, I'm, I've, I've been, so that's a tip that I've been on for a while, but I think of it in terms of band shirts. Like mm. I always think consciously about what band shirt I'm going to wear to give in the company that I'm with in a way that like would lead somebody to be like, like when I went to uh, go see crude up at bleak life fest, I wore my backlash shirt is backlash are my friends. Also they're crudes touring partners in Europe. They're like best friends with crude. So then I'm set up doing distro stuff. I'm right next to crudes merch and crude guys see my backlash shirt. They're like, Whoa, very cool. They're friends of ours. I'm like, Oh yeah, me too. Yeah. I love those guys. Yeah. And so then I'm chatting with one of my favorite bands. <laughs> ah, ever, strategic. Really, yeah. Quite strategic. friendly. Okay. Yeah. So stuff like that, you know, it, I, so yeah, I agree. That's how you schmooze them. Yeah. That's how you've been yeah. schmoozing. That's how you schmooze them. Yeah. Okay. It's like a coffee book, a, t- a table, 
coffee what? table book. There you go. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Where you, uh, <laughs> you change the book based on who's coming over. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Yeah. But this, uh, the love interest is a photographer. I know. Yeah. But well, and she seems right. so perky and fun and all the things that you would want your love interest to be like. So mm-hmm. I don't see why this guy doesn't like, yeah. it's like deleting think, his Instagram over, over this. I know, think like. it's a lot <laughs> of like, not a feeling inferior, you know, she, he thinks she's so it's like, and when you're that age, you put people up on a pedestal yeah. that they aren't necessarily on. Like you don't realize how even the playing field is if you just talk to them kind of thing. So I understand where he's coming from. Cause like, if you see somebody doing the thing that you want to do, but you're not doing it as well and you want to be romantically involved, it's kind of like, Oh, she's not going to like me cause I'm not good enough of a photographer to be on her level. Yeah. So I understand. And he's a little country bumpkin, you know, not a lot of confidence, you know, yeah. he gets picked on yeah. a lot. Well, and, and I, it's not, it's not a, uh, I highlight this not as a critique of the movie, uh, but more as a, like, I could feel how I have changed mm-hmm. that my approach has, has developed so differently because now I'm not, I'm not a boy, I'm a man, you know, and, and what I'm looking for is also changed because now I'm, I'm way, I'm, I'm less interested in the, uh, interior, um, anxieties of this guy as he tries to figure out how to talk to this girl. And I'm way more interested in what actually happens when they do talk and, and the dynamics of their relationship and their communication which we don't really get in the movie at all. And that, you know, again, that's okay. That's not what the movie's about. Mm. Um, but yeah, I could just, I could, I could feel how I have changed based on my response to this thread of the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mind you, this, um, this character is very small in terms of their, not necessarily a role, but oh. they're very, they're, they're like a big part of the role and in, in his outlook. Character. Yeah. But she's like really developed as a, for her what five like one two minutes of screen time mm-hmm. yeah yeah but like the the it's almost more about this character drop and his impact on this friend group this trio mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know it's so very much all inter- um, interrelated interconnected uh what's the saddest anime alive what's it called oh the the flower that blooms is that what you're thinking of? the um yeah the little girl the silver hair yeah anohana anohana, anohana. yeah very yeah. anohana something like that yeah uh, very anohana i felt that way too yeah mm. and i was like mm, this movie is gonna try and make me cry at the end but i yeah, won't do you it. say anohana is the saddest anime I, maybe we should come back to that in a different episode <laughs> i mean in what the general consensus yeah the general consensus of the in- I knew, anime community I knew what you were talking about but i was like what is the saddest anime hmm. <laughs> and you're like not that Gear- one yeah gears of my mind are grinding a little bit like <laughs> i bet she means anohana but <laughs> yeah, i wouldn't I say that's the saddest anime i don't think i'll have to think about this more yeah i thought you were getting back to, to like this. a silent voice oh yeah yeah mm-hmm. i mean but yeah the coming of age that's that's different kind of coming of age mm-hmm, story, mm-hmm. but actually I think that was, a. I mean, if I had to recommend yeah. a movie that's, that's adjacent to this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I guess the Japanese, man, Ooh, they, they really another love one. these stories. I want to eat your pancreas is also a coming of age. Yeah, like, I saw that in theaters. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. This 
kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Um, I love how drop drops like health is like very much hinted at sprinkled very lightly all the way throughout yeah. until the very end. I was really yeah. subtle, but like if you were paying attention, you could like kind of pick up on like what was happening and like kind of like what his condition was and how, how that was going to affect everybody by the end of the movie. Yeah. Well, at first I thought that maybe he was like an alien or some like <laughs> mystical character that wasn't there in reality, but in their heads or something. Mm. But yeah, by the time they got to the wig discussion, I was like, Oh, okay. I get it. Oh my God. Fucking hilarious. They're a little baddie moment where they're dressed up in all women's clothes and mm. wigs. and They're walking past all of the, like the cool and the popular kids who are making fun of them on that line chat. Mm. And then everybody's like turning their heads. Literally. I was like laughing on the floor <laughs> so funny mm-hmm. yeah actually i was fooled by that i was i thought these i know different i was like i was like oh, oh these, these who are these people are like what are these <laughs> european uh characters coming into the movie <laughs> yeah, i was like ooh, the baddie friend group uh, okay <laughs> they're gonna get in a fight or something interesting <laughs> that you mentioned the wigs though and I, I don't know if i picked up on that the first first time yeah um we would have to skirt around this topic without spoiling it, um, but uh, we could we could do a you could spoiler warning. Yeah, spoiler um, warning well, for the rest of the movie. What's your yeah? I guess what's what's everyone's take on it? Like what impressions? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Um. So I think uh, it is a movie that if I saw like earlier on in my anime career i would be like oh my god this movie is so sad fucking amazing like the friend there's like a lot of meaning behind what these friends are doing with each other and like there's a lot of like themes going on that are pretty relatable um but because it is not my first rodeo with this type of movie this type of like coming of age sad story um it was fine Mm-hmm. It definitely gave me yeah. like a vibe. It's definitely like summer vibes. Like there's like the fireworks, everybody's hot and they're sweaty. Um, there's like a little element of um, like fantasy with the telephone booth that they reference in both the beginning and the end of the movie and how drop is kind of like a little bit of a fantastical character mm-hmm. because he somehow knows everything and nothing at the same time. Yeah, well, and and Drop's ability to get a random phone call in that phone booth and then track these individuals down to rural Japan. Mm-hmm. A little, like, far-fetched. Yep. Mm-hmm. A little bit of, uh, like, anime logic, some plot armor. Yeah. But I think for the type of movie that it is like, I think if you're not looking at it like super seriously, like critically, like analyzing it, I think very much difficult for me. Fun time, fun time, summer movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. If you look too deep, you're going to find the plot holes. Like I was talking about earlier with Kara. Um, So Toto goes to Tokyo And there's like a little tiny time skip where they go back to them before he left, where Mm -hmm. both of them have very short brown hair. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, in the first watch of this movie, I did not get who the other character was. Like I got the main character, but I did not realize that was Toto. Mm -hmm. I did not realize they were trying to um, 
Well, I guess I did realize they were trying to call that girl, but I didn't realize that she was in Ireland. And then I'm like, how soon after that little tiny time skip did she like, was she in Ireland for the whole semester? Like it's the summer. I'm confused at how much time has passed since he went to Tokyo, because when he comes back, his hair is very much longer and dyed blonde. Yeah, and then by the end of the movie, him and Roma are are growing their hair out um, to donate it. And one, you can't donate dyed hair. Number one, number (laughs) so can't you can't donate dyed hair. And you also like if he was growing out his hair for donation, you would see where the dye ended and his natural hair started, but you did not see that. It was all the same color blonde, so that means he had to have been keeping up with it, but... So, like, if you look real hard, you can see the plot holes, but um, I think, like, surface level, if you're just getting, like, you know, the core themes and, like, the core relationship details, I think Mm -hmm. it's a good movie. Yeah, do you, did you find that the um, color palette from the past, the future, present to be adequate? Like, I felt like they weren't as distinguished. Because usually when you watch a film, right, they will change the color temperature, or like they'll change colors in, in, the, in the past. Or So I, I felt like maybe they were warmer, like, because it's basically an entire flashback. The whole mm. movie's essentially a flashback mm. and then a chime and then a time skip. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. how I interpret it. Cause we rewatched, I, mean, we, I rewatched it once it was done. I rewatched the first five, 10 minutes of it. And I realized that they just replayed the scene of the two characters, um, you know, riding their bikes to the airport, which is when you just take a fucking Uber. Um, Dan the boonies, there's no Uber. Yeah. Well, <laughs> We need to get that shit together. Elon needs to get that Starlink up there. And, but um, yeah, like, you know, they're making their way to the airport to get on the plane. And I go, oh, okay. It starts, it starts to make sense. Like the framing devices was a little confusing mm. at first watch. But I yeah. think because it, it's a movie that shows you and doesn't tell you, it, it works in that way. It's not mm. so much, it, it, allow, it allows you to think, uh, on your own for yeah. yourself, yeah. Um, which is nice. It's kind of like a little bit of like your name kind of storytelling mm-hmm. style where they give you a little bit in the beginning. Mm-hmm. They tell you the whole movie and then at the end, it hits you with the one, two little breadcrumbs. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My favorite scene was when he was, when Roma was outside of the vending machine area with all the vending machines, getting a drink after he was working in the fields that scene yeah. was so iconic i loved the old vending machine setup i was just like okay i'm in yeah i was thinking of uh the island of that series of um summertime rendering. yeah summertime rendering but, mm. but then i also was thinking of um you know your Susan May. do your uh the, the uh do your first errand <laughs> oh your first okay. errand, yeah and yeah, just yeah. like Hell no, there's no parents around. That's yeah. just Japan. Uh-huh. Like, I totally... Why, for watching that show, I, I get Japanese culture. And I, <laughs> I get Japanese anime why there aren't parents. Because you can just be free and walk yeah. around and mm-hmm. no one's going to kidnap... Well, maybe somebody will kidnap you. Maybe now. But, yeah. Well, yeah, that was I was talking about this... 
uh, over email with some Japanese friends of mine. Mm. We were discussing the uh, the shooting at a punk gig in Minneapolis, um, which is a pretty heavy topic. Um, and I was telling them about how this had happened, and they were saying, "Well, it's it's, uh, it's so scary, you know, it's impossible to imagine something like that happening in Japan." I was thinking about or talking with them about how, yeah, the uh, Japanese culture has uh, plenty of good parts and bad parts, but one thing that it has achieved is that it's a very safe and easy place to be Mm. relative to many other parts of the world. That for all the uh, positives and minuses of uh, Japanese culture, that's a really meaningful achievement that you can send your toddler out on their first errand like this and um, have it be okay. Because mm-hmm. we sure don't got that in America. <laughs> yeah. In America got its own pluses and minuses, but at the end of the day, this place uh, is a lot more chaotic than sometimes people will give it credit for. I mean, yeah, unless you grew up in the 70s and 80s, Prior to that, you know, like you could just ride your bike. Kids were riding their bikes all over the place. Mm-hmm. Think of Stranger Things. Yeah, you know? well, you know, and and you know what what changed here was yeah the uh, the long term right wing conspiracy to annihilate the middle class and empower major corporations and um, you know empower the uh, hyper rich and hyper wealthy and yeah the shifting of our society uh, towards this like really brutal. Uh, capitalist grind that's just burning people to smithereens and grinding them to smithereens till they're in such a place of desperation that people are behaving any one way or another. Mm. But that's a separate podcast topic. It is. We're talking about little boys <laughs> having an adventure through the woods. Hey, well, this, this was my adventure <laughs> through the woods. <laughs> Y'all go read Evil Geniuses, then it'll all make sense. I feel like they're like little quests. Um, all of the things that happened along the way, like them not being able to open up cans of food because their parents like don't know that they're out in the woods. They think they're staying over at other people's houses. Like that was really funny. Um, I thought there were there were elements of their woods adventure that were so yeah that were funny in the right ways like when they're duking it out with the bear and the bear like they still have the like really dramatic excitement uh action music going and they're running around screaming and spraying the hairspray but you can see the bear in the background is just casually walking away (laughs) or when they're they have the really like tense waterfall when he's like in the rapids (laughs) he's like it's a waterfall and they all get sucked into the waterfall but the waterfall is basically just like a little boop and then a little (laughs) water slide they all go down yeah when they're wrestling the bear and the hairspray goes everywhere and then Roma's literally crying and I thought it was like mace or something or bear spray or something and it's actual hairspray and then he pins over to drop and drops hair is like, like literally really, stuck yeah, up yeah. i was like you guys are so hilarious and dumb at the same time <laughs> yeah those those sequences were were really well captured i, I think it like feeling yeah 
did a really good balance of having those like carefree like boyhood moments Mm -hmm. but like sprinkling in all of their like personal things in within that and like having them like kind of like grow up with each other over like the two days two or three days they were in the forest um i really like that because there's a lot of times where um you feel like you know you can't say the things to people that you care about that they might like need to hear Mm -hmm. and these people in specific instances like Roma hears drop and um, Toto talking about him over the walkie talkie or like drop literally just screams at people (laughs) like um, there's a lot of things that happen within the friend group that I thought like was really cool that they like sprinkled in with all of those moments kind of like kept the balance a little bit between like super serious and like super mm-hmm. funny. What did we think about Toto going to med school and his, uh, having to grapple with his rigorous academic schedule and whether he can live up to the expectations of Roma? Um, I thought it was pretty relatable. Like it's like moving away and realizing that you aren't, the person that you thought you were because of where you live and all the comfort that that comes with. And then having to be out of your comfort zone, um, and doing things that you normally do very well, but you're not doing very well because there are so many other people that are, that can do them better than you. Mm -hmm. Like that's like a crazy realization to have, especially in high school. Mm. I thought big fish, in a small pond, Mm -hmm. small fish in a big pond. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we've seen that captured in other shows like Blue Period. Mm-hmm. Uh, it does that pretty well. That oh, theme, so good. Yeah, and and um, yeah, there's another. I just lost it, but Damn uh, it. yeah, just the idea of like the pressures of of Japanese society. It's on one hundred. That's what I'm thinking of. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, getting you basically you spend all this time. Your parents train you and. Uh, you're, you're, you're trained to uh, pass these cram, you know, entrance exams and and succeed. Um, and once you do, you just get put into the meat grinder and mm-hmm. you just work, 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 mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. 60, 70 hours a week. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess the societal pressures are, are uh, hinted at in this, but not. Yeah, I don't know, I guess. Kind of like baby hinted because they're so yeah, small. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't see that too often in anime, mm. especially in film. Mm-hmm. Like, I think Zom 100 is doing a really good job of that mm-hmm. uh, currently. If you're watching that show, that show. are you watching? Are you- yeah, I'm fucking watching oh, that yeah. show. Hell okay. yeah, I read the mangas. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Just the first two, vol- two or three mm-hmm. volumes. Mm-hmm. You should read that one next. Sure. Yeah, there so that's you your go. next. That's your next that suggestion. Next. Yeah. Or should I watch the anime? Oh well. Which is better? I don't know. He's a little Deku-ish. He's a little too round. <laughs> Manga art is better, but um, how do we feel about Drop? Hmm. I like Drop. Yeah, he's cool. He's like the. F- how about his theme of like kind of like being an outsider coming into a very tight clique? Of a friend situation. Have you guys ever been in that? Because that's literally the only thing I've ever been. <laughs> yeah. I always come into like two people clicks. Mm. And then always dip right out. Drop right out. Mm-hmm. 
He kind of holds his own. I thought he, well, first I thought they were, their pronouns were he, I mean, a she or, oh, okay. or yeah. Because yeah. his hair was really long. Yeah. And <laughs> uh, the voice actress sounds, well, two of the voice actors are probably women mm-hmm. for that, for that matter of fact. But I also thought they were much younger. Yeah. Right? I did. I, I did thought think they, they were, were a lot middle school. Mm-hmm. still, like maybe first year middle school. I don't know. I, I I was a little confused on that part, but 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 they eventually open up. They tell you what year they are and mm-hmm. what age they are. I guess one year it makes a huge difference. Mm-hmm. It can, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess I've had friends that were very tiny in yeah. high school, and mm-hmm. then like their last year, their senior year, and even going into college, they just scrap <laughs> blew up. Mm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was I was the opposite. I went through puberty really early. You're eight in elementary school. Yeah, I was literally taller same, than some of my teachers. I didn't I didn't get taller, but I definitely went through puberty in elementary yeah. school. Your body slamming uh, your teachers. I was taller than some of my teachers Damn. in elementary school. Holy shit! Yeah. Oh, have you like watched someone grow up that like gets really tall really quickly? Uh, mm-hmm. Well, you know, I had a little or bit like of experience with pictures. that. Well, not not in the way that you're describing, but I, I had a little experience with that yesterday with Sean and Jody's kid. It was fucking the last time I saw baby Bruce, he was an infant. And now he's fucking walking around <laughs> with a full head of hair and bambling. I'm like, what the hell is yeah. well? Yeah, because the last time I saw him was like December, and now he's a year. Now he's a year and a half, as opposed to a year old. Now he's a year and a half mm. old. Mm-hmm. Uh, grew up quick. Very yeah. awkward. What the hell? How I thought baby lasted a little bit longer than that. <laughs> now this bastard's fucking babbling at me and he's walking <laughs> why it, you know when you only see somebody every six months every 12 months it's like man it, the impact is it's ridiculous I also thought Drop might have been a little smaller because of whatever condition he was dealing with. And he kept talking about like not having hair and that he was like growing it out because mm-hmm. he didn't have it before. And I was like, oh, maybe it's some kind of like form of cancer. Maybe yeah. he had to go through chemo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that kind of like stunted his growth a little bit. Um, but, you know, we don't even get to know. The characters don't even get to know yeah. what happened to him. He just falls ill after their adventure. And... I was like, I watched the part of the movie where um, they like have this big blow up and like seeming like fall out, but like then they kind of come back and like sing a song and be happy and be friends again. And then the next morning when they wake up, um, Drop is already like up washing his face in the river Mm -hmm. and Roma goes and like tries to find him and like it kind of like insinuates that um, Drop is like, not doing well health wise, but like I didn't get any instance of like thinking that besides Romo being like, I'm concerned about drops health. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, he, he looks come, fine to me. doesn't come across as being yeah. healthy at all. Yeah. It's like he's coughing up blood or. Yeah, yeah know, it wasn't like anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I think it was drop was one of those characters that kind of like needed to come in and like, like, allow like let the two boys like kind of grow up a little bit Mm -hmm. you know Mm. and put when when you're really close friends with someone i feel like it's kind of a little bit harder to like grow with each other because 
you have, you know, whatever like ways of being with each other mm-hmm. that you kind of like, I don't know, maybe don't grow out of. Yeah. Not a lot of push and pull. Right. Because you're so in the routine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you never grow beyond mm-hmm. it. You never change. And then like drop comes in and kind of like shakes up the friend group and creates a little bit of a different dynamic between everybody. Um, and m- makes the boys question like why each of the boys like does something a certain way. Mm. Like why does Roma always choose the path that is laid out for him? And mm. why doesn't, uh, Oh wait, no Toto. So why does Toto choose the path that's always given to him? And why doesn't Roman Roma ever like stand up for himself or like mm. state what he wants? Well, in, in that way, I think it, it's so realistic that there's this tension between uh, Toto and Drop mm-hmm. that because both of them, like they're not related to each other. The triangle is with um, Roma as the pivot. Mm-hmm. And so they both have their own separate relationships with Roma that are not necessarily in competition with each other, but... Yeah, sometimes it can feel that way Mm -hmm. and it creates tension. And so when they have their argument um, around the campfire, I thought that was pretty emotionally uh, compelling. Mm -hmm. uh, As we're talking about it, I'm thinking of when me and Eric and Hannah all went to Ocean City where it's like, yeah, this is my best friend. That's like my bromantic partner. I do everything together with Eric. Mm-hmm. And I have my actual romantic partner, my favorite person ever. Uh, and they're both like kind of bratty in similar ways and kind of like at odds with each other, mm-hmm. have tension with each other. I felt like uh, I wish, uh, like, I wish it wasn't that way, but now I really like see that parallel of like mm. to insert Hannah into me and Eric's thing or to insert Eric into a me and Hannah thing and how that yeah disrupts the ebb and flow of friendship in a similar way as putting drop into yeah the Roma and Toto duo. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, growing up, I've always had like one really close friend mm. and usually that person moves away or like, we don't have a following app, but we just just dis- disconnect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then yeah, like a third person. Yeah, I guess sort of. There was usually a third person, but they don't. I didn't necessarily hang out with them as much. Mm-hmm. They're like a yeah, like a outlier. Yeah, and they sort of balance balancings out. Mm-hmm. There's like a word like triangulate. You know, mm-hmm. they bounce off ideas off the third person. Um. You talk about them essentially. Talk shit about them. Yeah. And then a way you can like sort of, uh, um, you know, you um, not that they're like your counselor really, <laughs> or anything. It's a therapy but sesh. Yeah, it's like a therapy session. Event sesh. Yeah, you're 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 you're, you're dealing with the problems of that close friend through your other friend. Mm. Yeah. And then they bounce ideas off of them. It's like, yeah, they, they complete the circle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess really we, we're only allowed to, we can have tons of friends, but in, at the end of the day, the closest friends are like few and far, right? Yeah. Few and far between. I don't yeah. know. And I guess being in a small town probably even exasperates that, like mm-hmm. even farther, further, yes. you know? 
and we are well i think amelia is probably the you grew up in the smallest of smallest the smallest places. town <laughs> <laughs> i did I had high school was what 500 people 500. including staff <laughs> mm. um in middle school i did have a friend group i was part of the popular cool friend group Oh yeah. Um, and they were four Ashleys mm. and a Christina Shannon. And her name was Christina Shannon. No, her name was Chris. There was a Christy and a Shannon. Shannon. Yeah. Okay. Um, and uh, I got to sit at the the cool popular table. Mm. I got you know I was wearing cool popular clothes. I was shopping at Limited Two, Five Seven Nine. If you guys remember those, if you're listening. Um, and I decided to have a slumber party, but my mom would only let me um, invite like three people. And I had convinced her to let me invite four people. Yeah. So my plan was to invite all of the Ashleys at once, mm-hmm. all the Ashleys, an Ashley slumber party at my house. Ashley, 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 Amelia, you know, all the A's. And then I was going to do something different, like super fun, like go to Hershey Park. I was going to take the other two, Christy and Mm -hmm. Shannon, to Hershey Park with me um, one day to make up for not being at the slumber party because my parents wouldn't let me. Um, So I had the Ashley slumber party. And then that Monday after I got kicked out of the lunch table because Mm. I did not invite Christy or Shannon. Dude, I'm, I can't believe your parents. Like, my takeaway from that is your parents fucking sabotage. <laughs> That's fucked up. Yeah, like, were they I aware mean, of your friend group? I, I don't mean, know. How could they fucking do that? Be I don't like, know. Oh, we see that you have like six people that you always hang out with. Mm-hmm. So invite four of them over. Like, oh, what four. the fuck? <laughs> Who does that? That's so rude. Yeah, and I got kicked out of the lunch table. That's not on you. That's on your parents, in my opinion. And then, so for that whole year, got picked on after. Yeah. Um, But then the next year, I found um, this girl. She had moved from another place to the to my town, um, and she lived kind of close to me, um, close enough where we would hang out Mm -hmm. um, a lot. And we would go to the skate park. We would hang out at her house and watch horror movies, listen to corn, stuff like that. And she kind of like became like my friend. So I only, so like I've been a part of like a big click and I've also been like ever since like that big click blow up, um, I've usually only had like one really close friend Mm -hmm. and then that's it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in college I made that, close friend my boyfriend mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> worked out well for you it did did mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, did you ever confront your parents about fucking with you like that when you were a kid um oh probably i was a nightmare Word. <laughs> for my parents Word. Uh, yeah because i um i would also like make them buy me really like i would i they would buy me whatever clothes they wanted to buy me like mm. but i would beg for the nice cool clothes i would beg and i would try and figure out like how this school like back to school stuff um like i would try and figure out where the coolest things were for like the cheapest so that i could get cool Mm -hmm. clothes that everybody's wearing but like cheaper so my mom would actually buy them Mm -hmm. Hmm. i was thinking about my mom today maybe this is too too much for a podcast but my uncle's like threatening my mom and was like left these like really unhinged threatening voicemails at her house. And I was thinking about how, and my mom's like really rattled by all this. 
I was thinking about how the same way that my uncle cursed out my mom it's the same way my mom cursed me out when I was a kid. Oh, the circle. And yeah, I'm thinking about it's like mm-hmm. where where did they learn this behavior from? Because uncle my uncle kind of inferred at one point that grandpa used to like hit my hit my two uncles and was like kind of not not really a good parent. Uh, and I'm wondering, like, man, did Grandpa like curse at them in that way, and so then now they curse at each other and curse at their other family members in the same way, and mm-hmm. then it's all like just this behavior, it learned behavior cycle. that yeah is transferred down. Mm-hmm. I see it a lot in my family too. Yeah, it's interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm. So, how do we feel about the kind of the very end of the movie? That was the best part. I liked it when they went to Iceland. Yeah. I thought, one, how did Drop write the map on a full bottle of Coca-Cola? Because (laughs) it had to have been hard. Yeah. (laughs) But I really like that element of the film because I feel like, um, not without it, it wouldn't be what it is, but I feel like it just needed something else and I feel like that kind of like pushed it Hmm. for me. Like grounding in a way that they had, or maybe like the goal of that, like kind of like they met this person and bonded with them. They left, and even after, there's some still kind of like fantastical element that like kind of like binds them together. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like a lot of this, like a lot of stuff like that you want to happen in real life but like it doesn't actually happen in real life like that because it's like a fantasy element but seeing drop come full circle with the friend group at the end is like i don't know kind of like elevated the movie for me a little bit Mm -hmm. yeah could we uh maybe theorize or presume that like maybe the that phone booth was just a cell phone or like a, a landline in where in Iceland where Drop was living mm. at the time, mm. like it wasn't actually in the waterfall yeah. area. Like it was just. I mean, because there's no way a, a line would work out there, right? I don't know. I, I have a serious <laughs> question about that too. Yeah. Like, so basic. So should we explain just in case? Should we yeah. explain it? Explain whether or not there's a phone in Iceland. No, like how, <laughs> like how it came to be. Oh, yeah, so like the, the beginning movie, of the yeah. movie, um, there was a phone booth, and it was very ethereal, like big cave situation, um, and you see drop like running up to it, but you don't like know exactly like what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so then by the end of the movie, like drop the entire time is like references this phone booth that he found while he was on a treasure hunt. And the phone booth is the thing that would allow him to find the, what he treasures the most in life. Mm-hmm. And um, it just so happened that by the end of the movie, the phone call that uh, Roma makes in the beginning, who he thinks is going to Ireland is actually the country code for Iceland. And it was actually to the phone booth that is in the beginning of the movie that is in Iceland, that is in this cave next to a, beautiful gorgeous waterfall um and throughout the entire movie drop keeps talking about this and you keep seeing kind of like flashbacky things and the entire time i was like clearly this isn't this is like in his imagination like this is his idea of finding treasure because 
he obviously has been in the hospital, right? <laughs> He's not like mm. actually out treasure hunting, right? Like he wouldn't actually be equipped enough especially at younger than 14 yeah he's riding a scooter yeah. through iceland yeah. by himself by himself like um so when uh roma and toto find the coca-cola bottles in their the remnants of the hut so they had this like friend hut and um they kind of like took it apart and burnt and burnt it because they were like you know ashes to ashes dust to dust you know whatever Mm -hmm. um so they drink these cokes that drop has left and there's a treasure map for i for iceland um and they go on this huge quest they get plane tickets somehow they somehow get a passport they're growing out their hair they're donating it because uh drop was um growing his hair out to donate it um uh, they go through this whole sequence of trying to find this phone booth um, on a treasure map that Drop has left for them. That treasure map is not helpful. And it was literally squiggles with a star. Yeah. And if they had shown anyone on their journey where they were trying to go, they would not have actually found it. But with anime and friendship in mind, <laughs> they find this phone booth. They find this beautiful golden waterfall. There's like birds soaring everywhere. There's double rainbows and uh roma at this point has taken lots of photos along his journey and um says uh it's so big i can't get it all in one photograph um and just as they're like in awe of the waterfall they hear the phone booth ringing and they scramble to do the phone booth to find to to answer it um and when they answer it there's nobody on the other line. And then they see all of these writings like a post-it note and another Coca-Cola bottle wrapper um, that says, uh, what does it say? Um, The post-it note says, um, will you find my treasure or something like that? Or what is my, what is my treasure? And then the Coca-Cola bottle wrapper says something like, um, you guys will be there to witness my last treasure hunt, um, at the age of 15, which is how old drop is. Mm-hmm. Um, insinuating that drop actually did go to this photo fo- phone booth and was there and listened to the call, uh, that Roma made in the beginning where he was talking about, doing one last extravaganza at 15 um and then apparently shows up in japan somehow in the exact town that's far-fetched yeah so i feel like i feel like i think that it was drop on the other line on the other side where um when they were trying to find the phone booth. I do feel like it was dropped because I don't feel like it, like what, what other point would the movie have if the phone didn't ring in that moment? And if they didn't find the writing in the phone booth, because at that point you're solidifying that the phone booth is real, that they, they did actually go to Iceland and find this phone booth. The phone booth is real. Oh, it is. Yeah. The lonesome phone booth. Created by Icelandic artist in 2006. An artist, but is it functioning? Yes, but it can't Whoa. make calls. It can only receive them. Interesting. Uh. <gasps> That's actually so much cooler, and I'm going to have to change my mal rating. Because <laughs> <laughs> I gave it a it seven. It changes everything. It does. That's yeah. kind of cool. 
fuck. Is it in like a remote location or yes, something? It's in a very remote location. So this was not it's, a. It's not near Golden Waterfall. It's just on the side of the road. Okay. It's not some metaphorical. No, if it was on just on the movie. side of the road, that would not make for a great movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's not as magic. No, yeah, it's not as romantic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. I still don't feel like Drop would have been exploring at his age and his condition. So. His, his folks were off camera. They were like in the <laughs> car. Him. They were pushing him up. up. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Keep moving. <laughs> Good for nothing, son. I can't believe that's real. That's real. Wow. Okay. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It was installed. Uh, Hopefully before on 2020. The centennial of the first international telegraph cable in Iceland. Huh. Uh, the telegraph. Huh. first phone call it received was someone asking, how's it going? Oh. That's the big quote. Roma said, hello, hello. I am Japanese. Mashi mashi. Mashi mashi. Hello? How many people in Japan are named Roma? Yeah, literally. (laughs) And I said, boy, say hi to fucking drop. You know it's drop. It has to be drop. Why aren't... I would have picked up the phone like, yo, my boy, drop. I miss you. What fucking happened to you? Nobody would tell us anything. Yeah, is that, is that is that drop calling? Yeah, it is drop. That is drop <laughs> calling. Room? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> huh. Yeah, it, it's it's. Uh, I guess the director is good at these like surreal moments because a lo- um, place further from the universe does this as well. Mm-hmm. Kind of juggling between what seems to be real and what's, what's not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like almost this magical realism. But there's, but it, yeah, now that we know that it's real, this phone booth is real, it makes me want to rewatch the movie again. <laughs> Even though I had started to do that already. <laughs> I, yeah, this is sort of like a hidden gem in a way. Yeah. Uh, would it resonate more with me uh, if I were 15? Probably. But, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. If I were 15 and also a boy. That too. <laughs> <laughs> but I like the, out, the outside looking in on that kind of thing because that's like a relationship that I don't see, you know, boys being boys. And sharing their emotions and yeah. with each other. Yeah. I just changed my rating on mouth from a seven to an eight. Oh, shit. Because it's the phone booth is a real phone booth. Like, that's <laughs> fucking cool as shit. And the way that it's portrayed in the movie is really cool. Like, it looks like cinematic as fuck. Yeah, they must have. I wonder if they had scouted locations because it mm. looks so believable mm. yeah uh, and i can imagine them doing like a live action version of this probably wouldn't be that difficult yeah That's i true. could see that with cocaine there that would be actually oh you know what also is a really good coming of age story <laughs> yeah dennis the menace like the 90s version yeah yeah i yeah, fucking yeah. love that movie. i remember yeah i was thinking of that movie too because yeah. of the can of beans yeah that he opens with the uh the butcher guy. Yeah. The, the little homeless the, man. Whatever that man is. He was creepy he as was fuck. He was creepy as fuck, yeah. How, what's your rating, Dan? Final thoughts? Um, I felt that I would have enjoyed this movie more if I were younger. Mm-hmm. Or if I just happened to see it on a different day. But <laughs> it's solid. 
I have no real complaints or critiques. Uh, I thought it was uh, perfectly enjoyable. It is true that it, the anime logic is strong here, <laughs> but that's okay. There's a lot of things in this world with the anime logic that I, I champion so hard. Um, things don't have to make sense. You know, sometimes it's just about the emotion, or rather, in most cases, you know, when it comes to human beings, it's about the emotions. So I give this uh, a, a casual eight out of ten. Shit. Okay. Yeah, I think we may have eights all around the board here. Damn. Mm-hmm. Did we just find a hidden gem, guys? That would be a yes. Yeah, the sequel. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. If, if you, yeah, <laughs> Don't if you look think, at each other. <laughs> if you if you think this is a good one, just wait for the sequel when Gone Freaks returns. <laughs> then that party's really starting. <laughs> Oh yeah, we never talked about the actual meeting of Don Glees. Well, Don Glees. Don Glees. When Don Don't Glee. Don't Glee because they were antisocial little angsty little teenage little boys. Mm-hmm. Which is so funny because I was also an angsty little girl. Well, it's it's Don Gone Fleek. It's Don from the Promised Neverland and he gets hyper fashionable. You get goes okay. fleek. All right. <laughs> He goes fleek Get five. That drip. It's a side story to the promised Neverland. <laughs> uh. And that's our podcast. <laughs> yes, we've reached our. We reached we the ends. We reached, reached the, the end of the rainbow and the waterfall. Somebody phone in from the phone booth. Yes, please call me at four four three. No, eight zero. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I hope you guys enjoyed our embarrassing stories from our patrons. I got more of them. <laughs> we, nope, we're good. We're good. <laughs> if you would like to get past, present, and future episodes, head on over to our website, otakuhostclub.com, where you'll find links to our Instagram and our Discord server, where you can chat with us in between episodes. We did get rid of our Twitter. We did. We X'd our Twitter. We okay. X'd, yeah. We X'd the Twitter. Mm. We X'd. refused. Um, you can also head on over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash Otaku Host Club. You can subscribe to that $5 tier to ask us a question every other month or the $3 tier to get Amelia's Anime Hour, which is chock full of seasonal anime content. And we will see you guys in the next episode. Ask about that time I pooped on the ground in Tokyo. Oh my gosh. You didn't use the uh, see-through bathroom? Oh, I was trying to use the bathroom. <laughs> You were trying to do something. God bless.